Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about foreign policy and world affairs. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. And in this show, we discuss topical global issues, have conversations with foreign affairs thought leaders and newsmakers, and give you the context you need to understand the world today. Go to globaldispatchespodcast.com to learn more. And now on with the show. Among the many barriers to quality health care in the developing world is the high cost of medicine. This is due in part to frequent disruptions in the supply chain. Customers who visit a pharmacy to purchase medicine can't be guaranteed that the medicine will be something they can afford or even if the medicine will be there at all. My guest today, Gregory Roxon, is a social entrepreneur who has figured out a way to make medicine in several African countries more affordable and access to that medicine more reliable. He is the co-founder of the company M Pharma, which, as he explains, essentially manages key nodes of the supply chain of drugs for independent pharmacies. Unlike here in the United States, where big pharmacy chains are ubiquitous, in places M Pharma operates, small and independent pharmacies serve the vast majority of the population. M Pharma essentially manages the drug supply chain of the participating pharmacy and assumes the financial risks if drugs are over or understocked, sharply driving down the costs. M Pharma has developed what I think is an absolutely fascinating business model, and it's already revolutionizing access to medicine in five African countries and is poised for further expansion. This episode is part of a content partnership with the Skoll Foundation to showcase the work of the 2019 recipients of the Skoll Award for Social Entrepreneurship. M Pharma is one of those recipients. The Skoll Awards distinguish transformative leaders whose organizations disrupt the status quo, drive sustainable large-scale change, and are poised to create an even greater impact on the world. Recipients receive $1.5 million in core support investments to scale up their work. And now here is my conversation with Gregory Roxon, co-founder of M Pharma. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Just to, to kick off, can you kind of describe like, why are drug prices so abnormally high in many of the countries in which you work? So I think there are two reasons for that. One is a failure of government policy. So unlike in Europe, where governments uh, regulate drug prices, and most governments set a ceiling on drug prices, uh, the African uh, pharmaceutical market, at least in English-speaking um, uh, most African countries, particularly Anglophone Africa, uh, is, is, is unregulated, uh, similar to the United States. Um, so any uh, pharmacy uh, can charge whatever uh, price they want to charge. Any drug company can charge 
uh, whatever they want to charge uh, for any product. And it leads to the second problem, which is that pricing becomes a volume-based uh, arrangement. So the more you can buy, uh, the less you pay, uh, which creates a lot of disadvantage for pharmacies um, in the countries that we work in, who for the most part are small independent pharmacies that do not traditionally buy large volumes to be able to negotiate better pricing from the distributors and manufacturers. So, so basically, most pharmacies in the countries in which you work uh, are, you know, what we would call mom and pop shops—just small, independently owned pharmacies that uh, don't have much control over the um, the, the value chain. Yes. And, and so, from like a consumer perspective, say I'm, um, you know, like a, a diabetic. Um, guy in Ghana, like, what are my options? Like, how do I go about purchasing my medicines, getting my insulin? Well, you really have, you know, three options. Um, but one is more likely. Uh, one is that at least in Ghana, there's the uh, national health insurance system, uh, which is the government's insurance program, which covers about 50% of the population. Um, and covers a number of drugs. Um, however, the government is notorious for not reimbursing uh, claims, so most providers don't actually accept um, the uh, government insurance plan for drug dispensation. So then that leaves you to, uh, hopefully, if you work for a corporate um, that offers private health insurance, then you can at least um, have your drugs paid for by the private health insurer. But private health insurance is, is limited to um, big companies. So for example, in Ghana, the total private insurance market is less than 300,000 enrollees for a country of 27 million people. Um, so overwhelmingly, uh, most people have to pay out of pocket uh, for their medication. So if you are a diabetic patient uh, that needs to buy insulin, you either walk to a pharmacy and, and depending on how much money you have, you can pay for it or you go for a cheaper option um, if they're available. And if not, your other option is to not, to skip your, your, your medicine. And, and basically, the, the prices aren't standardized, as you said. So, you know, two pharmacies in the same city could be selling these prices, these, these medicines for wildly different prices. Exactly. And, and so how did you come to um, start M Pharma as a way to sort of standardize drug prices? Where did you get your idea to start M Pharma? Well, so I would say it was an evolution of ideas. Um, when we began M Pharma, we were focused on building um, electronic prescription systems so that we can begin to collect data on medicine use um, in the countries that we work in. Um, and that's how we began. And by, and by collecting this data, we began to really understand the magnitude of, um, of stockouts um, um, in uh, these hospitals and pharmacies that we're working in. So looking at that, we realized that you know, a lot of these pharmacies, um, 
you know, is either owned by a pharmacist who em- employs a pharmacy technician. Um, and these uh, people are trained in, in clinical uh, services and patient care, but they are not trained as supply chain experts or managers. That is not part of the curriculum if you go to pharmacy school, right? So a lot of times these pharmacies um, owners buy based on intuition. Um, they see, oh, someone walked in to buy something, they realize that they ran out of stock, and then they rush to place an order uh, to buy, uh, to restock um, their shelf space, which also means that you know they're doing a lot of emergency orders um, in low volumes, um, which means they cannot get better pricing, as I mentioned earlier. But the good thing about the pharmacy business is also the fact that almost all pharmacies stock the same drugs, right? The, the Galvox in pharmacy A is the same Galvox in pharmacy B, right? Because medicines are pretty much commoditized. So we realized that what if we could actually build a model whereby instead of, whereby instead of each pharmacy having to be its own procurement manager, we could actually centralize uh, the procurement um, um, system across all these pharmacies. So in a way, M Pharma becomes the procurement agent on behalf of each of these pharmacies. But going beyond just procuring the drugs, uh, which is just one problem that the pharmacies face, we also realized that because we had built data systems that allowed us to track the movement of drugs uh, across these pharmacies, we could actually also take the responsibility on ourselves on managing the inventory. So we built a consignment stock model whereby we provide, we procure, we source, procure, and then provide uh, these drugs at no cost to the pharmacies that join the network, right? So for the pharmacy, it's like they given their shelf space to M Pharma at no cost to manage. We provide them inventory, um, and then all they have to do is focus on patient care because they only pay M Pharma for what they dispense, not what we put on their shelf. Oh, so they're not and like, so So if there's like expired medicines, they don't have to assume the risk of, exactly. of leaving those on their shelves to to expire. You assume that risk. Exactly. And, and you're able to reduce um, the chances that such uh, medicines will expire by using your kind of big data and data collection to analyze trends in, in medicine um, consumption, I assume. Yes, because I mean, fundamentally, expiry management is an issue of uh, it's a data it's a data management problem, right? When you think of M Pharma's model, what it means is that every pharmacy that joins the network is a mini warehouse for M Pharma, right? So if we stock up a pharmacy, for example, and due to seasonality, we realize that inventory is now moving. Right? but then another pharmacy on the network needs that inventory, we can always go and p- remove that inventory and reallocate it to another pharmacy. Hmm. Right? So we are always constantly rebalancing stock across the network. Can I ask, when you're building out this data system, um, perhaps early in uh, M Pharma and, and even today, uh, like, are there any trends in the data around medicine procurement and consumption that perhaps like surprised you? Yes. Um, you know, we recently did a, a study on antibiotic use, uh, which is 
um, obviously a very prevalent uh, problem um, in the global health community. And we were trying to understand you know, antibiotic use across Ghana, Zambia, Nigeria, and Zimbabwe. And it was very shocking um, the type of tests and conditions that uh, pharmacies were dispensing um, antibiotics for, which was very different you know, across all the different markets uh, that, that we worked in. Um, I think also one thing that was very interesting for us when we began our work was just to understand the number of independent suppliers a single pharmacy works with to stock up their pharmacy. Um, it was just mind-blowing because now we had to begin to you know, consolidate all those supplier networks into a single entity that we could now manage on behalf of all these pharmacies that were joining our oh, network. Oh, so so if you're if you're just an independent mom and pop sort of uh, pharmacy, you have to work with like ten different drug suppliers in order to keep your medicines on your shelf. Exactly. Hmm. Um. And and so as as M Pharma evolved and began to use this data, um, what sort of outcomes have you been seeing from like a, a patient perspective? Um, if you're, you know, you, you're now operational, I think in, in four countries, is that right? And we just entered Kenya uh, through an acquisition of the second biggest pharmacy chain in the country. Oh, okay. So now, now you're, you're acquiring chains as well. And I have to imagine that in Kenya, you're also acquiring and partnering with um, these smaller independent um, pharmacies. That's the plan. So we in intend to use uh, the pharmacy chain that we've acquired as the vehicle to provide uh, supply chain efficiency to other mom and pop pharmacies. Okay, so so if you're um, you've sort of described how you uh, support pharmacists and and the pharmacy industry. Um, if you're a patient, um, how does how does one interact with M Pharma? Sure. So you know, within M Pharma, we have different solutions. So the fundamental solution, uh, which is the backbone of our work, is what I explained to you, our vendor managed inventory service, where we just manage the back end um, 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 supply chain um, infrastructure for these pharmacies. So as a patient, all you realize um, is that that your pharmacy in your neighborhood now always has the drugs they need available. You never actually know M Pharma, right? You just know that the drugs are there, right? Maybe the pharmacy used to struggle in the past, but now that they've joined M Pharma's network, you go there and the drugs are always there because we are now taking on the responsibility for restocking. And, and I have um, but, to imagine, sorry to interrupt, that, that you operate almost as like a social franchise where there's like branding around these pharmacies so that patients sort of know that this is like a, a good pharmacy to use and that they will have the medicine. So that leads to the second solution that we just built. So with our VMI network, we don't have any um, exterior branding. Um, it, is a, uh, it is a challenge. Uh, we've just focused on just being a supply chain manager for all these uh, mom and pop pharmacies. However, as you rightly mentioned, we saw another opportunity to begin to leverage the supply chain um, excellence that we're building to begin to do uh, uh, conversion franchising, um, which is M Pharma now beginning to rebrand um, some of these uh, mom and pop pharmacies uh, that we were supporting 
um, through supply chain work because we realized that beyond just actually providing the inventory, we had a number of mom and pop pharmacies, particularly in low income areas, um, that wanted us to work with them, but they also had very poor infrastructure, right? So the walls are dirty, the ceilings are leak, um, and when you walk in as a patient, you really don't have a lot of confidence um, in that particular pharmacy, right? So we realized that if we were to help them increase their patient uh, for traffic, uh, we had to not only provide them with inventory, we had to think about how we could support them um, to refurbish their outlets. Now, a lot of these pharmacies um, did not have the working capital to be able to refurbish. So we built a program called Quality Rx, which is a conversion franchise model where we go into the pharmacy um, and then we actually do the refurbishment at no cost uh, to the pharmacy owner. And then once we do the refurbishment, uh, we uh, sub-brand uh, that pharmacy with a Quality Rx uh, uh, brand. Um, and we now also begin to manage that inventory for them. And they only have to repay uh, that refurbishment cost through a profit share arrangement uh, with the with M Pharma. So, you know, it, it sounds like your M Pharma is really scalable. Um, that you know you're able to enter these new markets, transform the um, both the, the 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 way in which individuals interact with pharmacies and, and get their medicines and reduce the prices. Um, it seems, you know, I, I can see all the sort of the social good that is achieved through expanding M Pharma. What are some of the barriers that you've experienced in reaching new markets? I think one of the big issues uh, for us um, has been that, you know, the M Pharma model requires a behavioral change, right? Traditionally, the drug supply chain has been a very transactional relationship, right? So a distributor just focuses on selling to the pharmacy. They don't care about whether the pharmacy needs the products that they are selling to them. They just want to make a sale, right? So you see distributors, you know, trying to convince pharmacies to buy a lot to get discounts, even when the pharmacy knows that they would not be able to actually sell those products, um, since a lot of patients would not come in before the products expire um, also. So when we came in and we said, you know what, let's transform this relationship. Instead of thinking about M Pharma as a distributor, think about M Pharma as a partner in your business. We will take on the inventory liability um, and you can just focus on the front shop and offering clinical service and clinical advice to patients. And that required a big mindset because in the beginning, it sounded too good to be true for these pharmacies. Mm -hmm. um, and they always wondered, why is M Pharma doing this? Like, why? What's in for us? Um, and it took a while to convince uh, them that actually uh, we were doing this because it also made a business case for us to do this. Beyond that also, the supply chain and procurement is known to be riddled with bribery and corruption. A lot of times, procurement managers you know, get kickbacks from uh, drug uh, suppliers in order for them to continue to buy from them um, and over-order, uh, over right? So when the M Pharma came in, one of the unintended consequences of our work is that we began to actually provide variant, drug variance reports to the managers 
of these pharmacies, right? Because we own the inventory. We know exactly how much inventory we put in the pharmacy. We know from our data how much was sold. And we also do physical stock count every month across our entire network. And with these three data sets, we are able to actually have a complete view on what is actually happening with the inventory in the pharmacy. And with that, we began actually providing variance reports, which was the first time a lot of finance managers in the hospitals we're working with actually began to understand the true state of medicine inventory in their businesses. And no. So they can look at your report, see how much cheaper your drug prices were compared to other markets or, or, or other pharmacies in which there was perhaps kickbacks involved and corruption involved that involved sort of unnecessary markups of the prices. Yes. And also you must you know, have made some enemies. I must, I must think. Yeah. And sometimes people also buy inventory, right. In the name of their pharmacy, but then they actually divest the inventory from the pharmacy to their own private business or resell it to other people. Right. But for the first time, we could actually provide the actual variance reports in these businesses. And, you know, people didn't like that because we took away one of the most powerful uh, uh, um, power that these uh, uh, pharmacy uh, pharmacists had, which was a procurement power. And that created a lot of enemies in the beginning and still does. So let me maybe conclude by um, asking you, Sort of where we where we began, you, you kicked off by explaining that at the root of the high drug prices are is you know one factor is the fact that um, governments don't have ceilings on on certain prices. It's sort of like what we have in the United States here. Um, what sort of policies could governments implement or could governments adopt? that would um, both enhance the kind of work you do and also more generally lower drug prices and ensure um, that there aren't the kind of stockouts that sometimes plague um, hospitals in, in areas where you work? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. To be honest, and this may sound a bit controversial, but I think government should not be in the business of uh, uh, supply chain management. I mean, we've seen the, the public sector riddled with a lot of corruption and, 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 and bribery I mean, in most African countries. Governments have shown that they are wholly inadequate um, set up to be able to even manage um, inventory stocking in government hospitals. That is why several government hospitals have um, a lot of stockouts. And most often people have to go to the private sector to purchase their medication. Actually, I think one of the best things governments can do is to use the M Pharma model, whereby a government says we will outsource our central medical store to a company like M Pharma to manage. Um, and that company will be responsible for financing all the drug inventory needs um, in the country, will then be responsible for managing uh, the inventory in the public hospitals, and the government only pays for outcomes. Right, because the government only pays when drugs are dispensed to patients that go to public hospitals. Now, what this means for governments is that one, the governments do not now need to hold money in advance to procure drugs, right? Because all they are doing is paying for outcomes. Two, it brings more of a financial um, financial it aligns it aligns financial incentives 
between the government and the company. Since the government now is able to remove um, the procurement power from its own system and reduce removes the incentives people have to you know you know do put up tenders that are in, inflated because the government is no longer in the business of offering tenders. I think this shift, whilst controversial, will be one of the biggest changes uh, governments can do to actually improve the issue of drug affordability and availability in the public healthcare sector, um, and also remove the, bu- the budget constraints that governments currently have in order to buy drugs in advance for the public healthcare system. Uh, well, Gregory, this is fascinating and, and brilliant, and uh, I'm really excited to see where M Pharma goes next. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you uh, to Gregory and, and to the Skull Foundation for supporting this episode. The content from this episode, I think, has been just great content in the wheelhouse of Global Dispatches podcast. So I'm very delighted for this content partnership. We have two more episodes coming up. So stay tuned. Uh, they'll be published in the next couple of weeks. And I should say I'm recording this little outro right now from uh, Oxford. Uh, where the Skull Forum just finished, and it was absolutely fascinating. And sort of like in the spirit of uh, the kind of amazing collaborations that I've seen happening uh, around the Skull Forum, if you're ever interested in getting in touch with anyone I interview, um, then you're in like in a position to act on some of the ideas or policies that uh, the people that I interview have recommended, uh, let me know. Uh, I'm happy to try and facilitate uh, those introductions. You know, I I try to, again, like inspired by this Skull Forum, um, I'm, you know, I use this podcast to try to make a difference in the world. And the people who listen to this podcast, you you are the ones who can make a difference. So, um, I mean, we can all make a difference, but some of you sort of try to make a difference professionally every day. Um, And if you uh, want to get in touch with anyone I interview, just let me know. All right, thank you, and we'll see you later. Bye.